this is that thing of why attachment types get on people about being mean, yes. right? It's because you're just being clear, you know what I mean? As opposed to cutting off the possibility, again, using that abstract idea of family, you're, if you're being clear, you're kind of cutting off the possibility of sort of a vague familial right, right. something. Well, what's happening here <laughs> is that you feel like you don't have autonomy, but you actually have autonomy. And here's how we deal with this feeling. The big hormone enneagram. Hi, I'm John Lukovic, uh, sexual self-pres, over the five wing, four five eight trifix. Hi, I'm David Gray, self-pres, sexual, nine with a one, nine seven four trifix. What up? It's Emika. I'm an eight wing seven, sexual self-pres, with eight five four fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy. I am a self-pres, social three wing four with a. If you like our podcast, guys, make sure you go like and subscribe on the Apple Podcast app. And if you really like us, you should definitely leave us a review. Welcome to the Big Hormone Anagram Show. Today, we are missing our shining boy, sexual four, John Lukovic. He's not here with us. So it's just me, David, and John. (laughs) No, me, David, and Nancy. It's okay. You can forget about me. It's fine. It's me, David, and Nancy. (laughs) (laughs) Talking today about attachment and just sort of going over some of the revelations that we've been having about attachment types from the Soul Intercourse episode, you know, talking about how that shit applies to other areas of life and trying to still wrap our heads around uh, what does it mean to be an attachment types and what are different ways that attachment types give up their autonomy or can't locate themselves? And what does that mean in terms of how attachment types live their lives? And so hopefully you guys get something out of this conversation. Hopefully. Yeah, I was sitting around thinking about like what, what we should talk about, but I've been I've been just still stuck on the attachment stuff. I've been still thinking about it and I, I still feel like there's a lot we could get into just in terms of what it means in terms of how attachment types not just deal with romance because we talked about that but what it means in terms of how they deal with life and i you know i've just been trying to understand people for a long time and and i just didn't i guess i just didn't understand that i i didn't get this and sort of seeing like the way that we project you know our types onto other people so i for some reason i mean not not for some reason but the fact that I'm an eight and my yes is a yes and my no is a no. Like I, I have a pretty good sense of what I like and what I don't like. And if I don't like you, I'm going to tell you, I don't like you. And you know, like if I say I like that, I'm going to do it. If I don't, you know, so I interpret people's saying positive things as, Oh, this person genuinely means that they like that thing. But I didn't, what I did understand about the attachment type thing is that, you know, all the three attachment types are kind of doing the adapting thing. So one person could in one room say, I'm for this thing and I'm really into it. And you might feel that they're really into you and whatever it is you're doing. And in the other room, because that room is against you, they would be saying whatever it takes to adapt to that room. The other piece of it too, is something I've mentioned once or twice before on 
maybe in the Courtney <clears throat> episodes is part of the attachment thing is actually having ongoing kind of disagreement and that's part of the attachment oh. you know what i mean you know you're um and it's you know it's sort of wanting to stay involved in the argument as opposed mm. to just uh no there's a wall it's done it's over you're yeah. actually wanting to keep the the thing sort of festering and that that in itself is attachment that's a part of it okay so are are you saying that attachment types will how does that relate to what we're talking about? Attachment well, types will like keep arguing to keep a relationship going? Or I, I think he's saying that the friction of being undecided or arguing within yourself where I'm on board, but I'm not on board is part of keeping the attachment is part of what is keeping the attachment going, which is kind of this thing that we've noticed with the way people react to us in the group which is like they really like the content and they like what we're doing but at the same time they don't approve of us as people or whatever and so there's this unlike thing where they can't decide if they hate us or they love us and it's both happening at once and it's usually attachment types that are stuck in that friction point which is sort of keeping the attachment with us going which is i like their stuff but i disapprove of this that and the other um and i guess he's saying that every all attachment types have a way of doing that um of the undecidedness because for me it's like make up your mind you either like me or you don't and when i meet someone i i pretty much know it's not something that i manufacture or i can even pretend it's either yes or no and i thought that everyone operates this way so when people give me yes or no i just interpret it oh okay i'm not for you that's cool i'm gonna go my way you're gonna go your way but i didn't recognize that a lot of times attachment types are not even able to really locate their yes or no and the yes is kind of like, maybe, and it could change tomorrow, depending, you know, depending on what room you're in and what you're, <laughs> you know, who you're relating it to, what the context is, or all that stuff that I'm like, whoa, I didn't know that this was a whole orientation. So I'm just trying to wrap my head around it um, because most people are attachment types. <laughs> well, There's a lot of attachment types. It, it's just like sort of the familial thing of what attachment is, you know, you've, you've got your, just speaking sort of generically, you've got your <clears throat> disagreements with certain family members and all this stuff and, and all these, uh, you know, dynamics with different family members, siblings, parents, and extended family and so forth, but you've got this idealization, let's say, around family and what it's supposed to be, and you and you, you're sort of compelled into that idealization. Again, it's that sort of well, there's an idealization of home, right? It, like you're supposed to keep adapting, even though you've got these disagreements, and you're not willing to do the individuation of just cutting the thing off. Mm. That explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear from you, Nancy. Like, what, what, um, because I know you've talked about like the idea of people's thoughts sort of invading your mind, but how do you resonate with this thing of feeling like you have to be a different person depending on the room and the group of friends or whatever it is that you're in? And how, is that something that you've seen in yourself? And have you done anything about that? Or is it just like that's just part and parcel of 
how it works or like, you know, what are your thoughts on that whole thing? Um, well, first off, I want to start off with the family thing. Um, <clears throat> cause I have a really hard time accepting that I disagree with my family a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, like on a, on a just ideological level, I disagree with like three out of the four members of my family. Um, and that's like, uh, it's, it's tough for me not to want to like bring it up every time I see them because I want to see if they've changed their minds so that we can be on the same page again, because it feels like, you know, like that's not how our family is supposed to interact. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like over the past, like two years, um, that's kind of been like how we've interacted it's been like weird. It's been this weird tension that I don't know how to like get rid of or handle. Um, and I feel like a lot of people can just be like, yeah, I disagree with my family. Like, I'm, but I'm over here. Like why (laughs) questioning it all? A lot of people, but most people are attachment types, right? So it's most people are kind of doing some version of what you're describing. (laughs) It's true. It it just got me thinking because, you know, we've been talking about uh recently attachment types and romance and just realizing that um part of the reason why most people are on in unhappy relationships is because they were doing the attachment thing of this works and i don't want to be affected but i want to be able to just maintain this adapt to this relationship that's not ideal and i'm just going to stick with that and so what that what what is that the implications of okay if you're doing romance that way you're doing life that way all of life is that way and you know sometimes it got me thinking of like uh people thinking of like how did something like hitler happen you know mm-hmm. uh how is something how does some fucking insane dictator type come out with these insane ideas that eventually everyone adopts and they do heinous things uh and i was just just sitting there thinking like if everyone is sort of you know let's say just say everyone being most everyone being attachment types i mean we've thrown numbers out there but let's just say it's like 70 percent of the population and that is how people are orienting and you come out with a message like that that's coming from an authority figure that even if people disagree with it there's going to be this friction of trying to integrate (laughs) what's coming down from this authority figure and it just blew my mind. I realized if people are doing this in their relationships, then that means it could be doing this with their politics. That's 100% what they do with their politics. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I remember. That's what politicians are. They're like threes and sixes or threes and nines. Yeah. I mean, if you see, if you're an attachment type and you see a bunch of people doing a certain thing, going with a certain ideology or whatever, and it's probably some of this is social instinct combined with attachment. Yeah. It, you know, you're going <clears> to. <throat> you're going to feel compelled to sort of look into it and and maybe even start to seep into it um in a, in ways you didn't realize and then sometimes that's what you're reacting against too is that you sort of got infected because there was a mass group that did get into this thing and it sort of is irritatingly pulling you to mm-hmm. just that kind of thing yeah yeah well it's one of the biggest things that made me start to at least try to individuate was Trump because I saw how scary 
it was to watch people get sucked into that. And I could totally see my younger self getting sucked into that because that's mm. what I was, I mean, that's what I grew up in. Like I grew up in a, like, you know, cornfield USA <laughs> with guns and trucks and white men. Yeah. So I realized that like, if I didn't get my shit together, there's a very good chance that I could get swept up in something that's really wrong. So that's kind of, that's what kind of like initiated my oh fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've been trying to wrap my head around this uh, uh, yes but no thing. Yeah, that's that's really what I feel. Uh, what I come away with with uh, attachment types is always like a yes but no or no but yes thing where that straddling the line between in and out, like absorbing something but also kind of resisting it. Uh, and also not being able to locate where you're at. And so you're playing this game of if I say yes, then I have to say no some other place just to yes. like not really, because I don't know. My yes and no is not clear to me. But, um, and yeah. yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, like something even as like simple as, or, you know, as ingrained in my life as like you guys or Brian there's a constant like push and pull of like mm. like every Monday I'm like okay like we we do the podcast today and then my brain's like yeah but you could just quit the podcast no one would ever know <laughs> and it's like okay but like I've been doing this for like I don't fucking know a year and a half at this point yeah but you could just quit nobody will miss you and it's like <laughs> okay <laughs> So there's like always a push pull. There's always a push pull. And like with Brian, it's like, you know, like there's always like a, okay, we're going to get married. Yeah. But are you really going to get married? Are you well, sure? it's, it's, it's a self-deprecation thing. And that's a piece of the adaptation, mm. right? Is, there's is maybe always I'm an out. Really, maybe I'm really not worth taking up space in the quote unquote family, you know, the bigger, whatever the setting is, is somewhat a family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I've got to, um, yeah. So do they really want me here? And so maybe I should start adapting or. Well, yeah. And it's a little bit of that, like it's safer if I always have kind of half a toe out the door, right? Mm, yep. You know, because like if if you guys are ever like, okay, well, we don't want you on the pod anymore. I'm like, yeah, well, I didn't care anyway. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, yeah. it's a little bit rejection-y in that way. Like, it's just it, like if Brian breaks up with me, it's like, well, you know, yeah. I always knew it was going to end. Uh-huh. I think what I end up seeing is, uh, at least with some attachment types that we've, you know, some of the reactions that we've gotten over the years is that, people get pulled into our stuff but they have to somehow maintain that they're we're problematic mm-hmm. you know so they're the, the this is definitely like an attachment type thing it's like i am aware that i'm getting pulled into sucked into this vortex and in reaction to that i have to push into the idea that you know there's something wrong with them even as i'm getting pulled in so and the more that they get pulled in the more they have to push into the idea that um, there's a problem with us. And so we've seen this. I mean, it's just a, it's such a pattern now that it's interesting to me to observe the pattern repeat itself, where people can't decide, like, the more that people love us, the more that they have to generate hate for us mm-hmm. somewhere else. And um, it's usually not integrated into one person. It, it reminds me of that meme that has been going around where people, uh, there's a cat with different multi-colored patches on on themselves, where this is like, 
showing up to the party where different friends are at and they have to reintegrate all the different parts of themselves that they show for different friends in one room. And you know, that's like, gonna be my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like maybe in one room, it's like, oh, any grammar people are just amazing. Their content is, you know, great. And in another room is like these guys are full of themselves and they're uh fucking you know assholes or whatever and they think they know you know just like you have to you can't um instead of just saying i like these guys they have faults you know just saying yes or no but it's like in an, you know, one foot out the door so that regardless of how things fall you can always find say yeah i always like them or no i always thought they were shit depending mm-hmm. on who it is you're talking to and sometimes people do it at the same time in the yeah. same room yeah where it's like i have to i can't you can't really locate how I feel about this thing. Um, I have to be for it, but I also have to be against it. <laughs> and it's Partly. like, again, it's not even a choice that I'm actively making, right? Like I, I will find myself actively contradicting myself like two seconds after I just, and I'm like, but I feel both ways. Uh, so like when uh, I'm talking, I'll be like, well, I just contradicted myself. I hope nobody fucking notices that. It's also, it's also you, you, as an attachment type, you might be getting into something like, say you're getting into the weird thing that is us right here. Um, And, Mm -hmm. and you've got a, you've got a chip on your shoulder, totally unconsciously, deeply unconsciously about the fact that you are adapting and you are getting sucked into this Uh thing. You've got a, you're, you're irritated with yourself in a certain way that you are conforming even if you actually are liking something, yeah, it's sort of taking your will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very, very annoying. I've totally experienced that too. Yeah. So yeah, it goes back to this thing that I've experienced of, uh, I didn't know or understand that, you know, attachment types, which the majority of people were when they'd say yes to me or say no to me, that it was kind of like an undecided or yes or no. Mm-hmm. it wasn't really like a definitive yes or no and so i'd had these situations where someone was like no i don't think i want to see you or i don't want to date you and i'm like okay cool you're not interested in me that's fine um and then they're like hey i miss you like a, a couple weeks later i'm like what was that yeah like, i've totally know. done that <laughs> <Just> uh-huh. like, <laughs> like i'm like so let's talk about that like it was just like a it, it feels to me literally like a split personality disorder because it's like one person likes me and the other personality doesn't think I'm shit. And the, and the third doesn't care. And I'm just like, which one is going to show up? And then maybe all three can show up at the same time in the same person. And I'm like, so is it that internally you can't even find it? Yeah. Like there's, there's no differentiation. Like it's, it's when you're aware of it, it's just as frustrating for us as it is for you. Like, oh. obviously it's hurting your emotions a little bit more than it's hurting us, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, we don't know what's fucking happening. It's very frustrating. In some ways you could, as an attachment type, you could kind of adapt to almost anybody. Anything. Yes. A hundred percent. Wow. Yeah. It's, that's what makes dating as an attachment type so hard. That's why I stopped pursuing people because I was like, I'm so sick of doing this game where it's like, oh, well, I like you. Oh, I don't really like you now, but I kind of like you, but I kind of don't, but I kind of don't care. And it's like, I'm just going to fucking stop because I'm sick of it. I'm tired. So like we got into in the last call, I think, because I think John had asked, 
like so how do you know that you are encountering a real you know attraction that's not just you adapting and i think alexander said that fear real anxiety yes. and fear yeah and that's how you know that you're really being affected and um how often does that happen <laughs> it's pretty rare it's pretty rare uh it's i mean yeah if i can't flirt with you then i actually care about you like if i'm like a bumbling idiot around you then like and i'm trying like if i was single right mm-hmm. i'm saying yeah, yeah, like yeah. In, in a relationship form if right. i'm a bumbling idiot then i have feelings for you actual feelings mm-hmm. right but if i can flirt with you mm-hmm. if i can be hot and sexy and get your attention and be smooth then no i don't give a fuck hmm. so would you say that that applies to not just you know of course not just dating but just in other areas of your life where if you're really affected then it's it's how you locate it for yourself like how do you locate yourself in other areas of your life like for example you're moving to netherlands netherlands uh like how did you or have you <laughs> located <laughs> how do you really feel about that um not really um when I was younger, I used to be able to do this thing where like, I would just make a snap decision. And if I regretted it a couple weeks later, then I knew that I was on the right path. Mm. So wait, 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 hold on. Say that again. If you regretted the decision, you knew you were on the right path. Yeah. Like if I decided to go on a trip and then a couple weeks before the trip, I was like, oh, fuck, like, this is not what I want to do. I'm like, okay, that's probably what I want to do then. But now I think it's a little different because I'm, that was when I was like young, Uh young, like, so now I think I'm a little bit more in tune with what I actually want, but I still don't really know. Uh (laughs) Um, I think some of the best ways to do it are to sit with it alone Uh and then to not like do anything with social media about it for a while. Uh And just sort of kind of sit with the idea for a while. But even then, I mean, I still question whether or not I want to move to the Netherlands. I have no idea. What about you, David? Like, how do you find it? (laughs) How you feel about things? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Great. It doesn't get any fucking easier is what you're telling me. Um, When you were younger versus now, have you like gotten any better at figuring out like, all right, I think this is a legit thing for me versus I'm just kind of doing my, nine program you know well so it is uh i am very special because i've got seven (laughs) four fixes and i'm so so special yeah and social last i mean i've always had specific things i'm into right i don't really have that thing i don't really have the thing of I mean, as far as interests or what music I like, what art I like, I mean, some art, you know, or music is just shit. And it's a fact that it's shit. I have no, I don't give a fuck. I want to hear what music is is shit. Well, we'll do that. That's another, that's another episode. (laughs) Um, So it is, that's another kind of mini conversation is being, well, partly you know, the trifix thing, but also being social last mm-hmm. and being an attachment type, because there's a sort of overlapped in a way with social yeah. instinct, you know, and also my model, you know, so as an attachment type attaching to my mother, who was my sole family member, 
-hmm. she was a one type one and with seven and four fixes and she was spsx so we were actually similar typologically um and so i adapted to that right which is i can be super one-ish and critical and those people are fucking idiots and you know what i mean that kind of mm -hmm. one-ish thing you of, can be <laughs> those, those people are stupid as fuck you know what i mean that kind of attitude right i can i can do that really easily um yeah i don't really i mean it's so on a day-to-day -day level you know me running into people people are so this is where i'm more just incidentally attachment e mm -hmm. is that people come up to me you know people i interact with people and i can do i can do kind of interaction with anybody and yes. kind of do a quick bonding thing and 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 uh you know teasing and joking and and i i kind of do this is kind of attachment i guess my my iteration of it is i do overly familiar bonding like yeah. as if i already know the person Yes. And I'll start teasing them about something about themselves. Um, and, and that, and so that's kind of attachment -y in the sense, in that sense that people and people feel people come to me as if I'm already familiar to them. Right. Right. That's definitely something even online, it's pretty noticeable in yeah. that uh, at least, at least I'm getting better impressions of what people have of me socially is that people end up feeling like they can't touch me i mean that's generally by design but you have much more open boundaries uh just people generally feel like they can talk to you and you're more interactive and even in person that's true too just of course with social blind there's kind of a um a separation there that people can feel compared to other nines but in general, people just feel like they can relate to you. And, and it's interesting just that people, in the, even in the writing style, because you're cryptic, but still kind of pulling people in. Like people are inevitably yeah. falling into your writing. Whereas mm -hmm. regardless of what I try to do, I guess if I just, you know, just writing as myself, <laughs> how else am I going to write? That people just end up feeling, <laughs> just end up feeling like that I'm not with them. <laughs> Yeah. 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 There's a there's definitely the feeling of more invitation that I'm doing. Yeah. And also also like even with my crazy enneagramic theoretical wild magician stuff, you know, I'm assuming that anybody could see the same stuff that I'm stumbling upon. Any of these discoveries I've made with the enneagram, I'm assuming, well guys it's just all there i mean why aren't you know you could you could be doing the same thing and it's not that big a deal right so right. that's kind of attachment -y right there i'm i'm um whatever self uh deprecating denigrating or whatever and just assuming that i'm just picking out some interesting you know uh fish in the soup you know mm -hmm. or whatever i always kind of assume that someone else has already said it mm. I don't know if you feel that way, David, because you're more, you know, special, special. <laughs> yeah. Than me. But I know that's, that's like my attempt. Cause like, oh, cool. yeah. Like before I post something anywhere, 
<laughs> like on, on the chat or anything, like I will go back and read and search words to see if someone else has said the same thing. Cause I'm like, someone must have said this before me. Like it has to have been said. Uh, I just go ahead and say what I'm going to say. And I assume I probably am repeating something that somebody <laughs> already said. So you also feel that, but you just say it anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I do a lot of, I know that I repeat a lot and I, um, like to hear sort of echoes of my own voice. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I know that like, Oh, don't let me bother you with this insignificant mm. thought. <laughs> I know that, you know, I could be saying something that someone else has said, but I know that my lens is, is going to be, it's not going to feel the same. Like I could, huh. David or John might say something. I know that some people, most people may not understand what the fuck they're saying. <laughs> that if I translate it, it's going to feel like I said something different, even though I didn't. <laughs> so if I say something and someone doesn't relate to it or agree with it at all, it feels like I said something wrong. Yeah, I don't relate to that one. I, I know, you, I know you I'm don't. usually saying a lot of things that are very wrong. Yeah. I so know. that's got to be social probably then. Partly. Partly. Okay. I have yeah, no idea. I think so. I think so. And it might be having, you know, uh, six fix, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's that support piece, you know, of six combined with social, you know, is, am I casting, a, you know, somewhat of a wide net or, or, or t attaching into a grid work. Of, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I thought if it was interesting what, Nancy said about in the last one that she doesn't know what she does, but she really knows what other people do, like what people do. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I was just sitting there thinking like, if you're so aware of what other people do, then yeah. How do you, uh, is it just because you're tracking what other people are doing? Like you're just paying attention to what other people are saying all the time. Like, how do you know what people do? That's what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I track it a lot. I mm -hmm. How? Visually, audio, like all of it. Like, I often feel like I'm socially awkward because I am trying to keep up with what people are doing. Okay. So, like, I'm trying to see, like, okay, what kind of social cues is this person giving off during this conversation? Because, you know, I, I want to know, because in this situation, I would have done this and I feel like that wouldn't have landed well. So like, what mm. is this person doing? And this is all happening during a conversation. And then like, someone will ask me something and I'm like, nope. <laughs> like I wasn't here. Um, so yeah, I do a lot of like tracking and watching. And like, so when I was little, my mom wouldn't let me watch certain shows because I would start acting like the character within minutes of seeing the show. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like there is a show called Caillou mm -hmm. and the, the kid is like really annoying, like a really annoying kid. And when I was little, I watched like one episode and I immediately started acting like him. And my mom was like, all right, we can't let you watch this because I would just be <laughs> like, okay, well, this is my mirror. This is what I do now. Mm -hmm. So it was like, and that was like when I was like three or four. Uh. it's just constant david do you relate to that is that like a social thing or attachment thing do you feel yourself even with your seven four fixes getting pulled and absorbed into shit 
when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I would um, definitely absorb certain things in TV and movies. But because I was, you know, withdrawn type or whatever, I wasn't particularly acting it out in that way. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I can't quite relate to it that way. Now, something that uh, came up earlier was david you mentioned that there are like certain things for you that you like like music and art that you're like i like this I don't like this um one way that i can kind of find locate myself is like when i'm riding horses and sometimes when i'm hiking if i'm alone mm-hmm. uh, those are really the only two things that i can do that like i can locate myself in yeah I don't know that I I mean I'm I'm pretty specific about you know with three frustration types in action with one wing seven four I kind of you know I disparage things easily you know mm. <clears throat> and I'm I really know. picky yeah I just yeah it's pretty fast and and yeah don't really have that issue well I'm sitting here thinking about like one, there's your type, and then there's a sort of like baseline envir- psychological environment that you grew up in, depending on what parents you have or what the overall um, family dynamic that you have. And so my dad's an eight, my mom's a two, so those are two hexa types. I have an eight sister, and I have one three sister. So mm-hmm. the dynamic of my family is a lot of loud people who have their <laughs> who have their own opinions and no one cares if anyone really agrees with anyone else. Yep. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, we can just argue about sports or um, politics. And my dad has his point of view. My eight sister has her point of view. I have my point of view and we'll just yell for two, three mm-hmm. hours. And then that's it. And we just go out, eat dinner and then, then totally normal. And I just, I realized, you know, once I grew up and moved there, you know, to college, people don't talk to people like this. Like, do you think this, it's also cultural? Like, is that like that's that's part of it too? But yeah. I've seen Nigerians with uh, that were attachment families, like nines and sixes or whatever, and they don't act that way. They don't act that way. Like Od, my you know my best friend, who's hung out with me and my sisters, he all of a sudden understood me better because he was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you guys are all like this." Like, <laughs> you know, you because like disagreement is nothing to me. Whereas like, with could, attachment types, it's like. There's disagreement, but it's bothering you. Right. Yeah. There are things that I will never see eye to eye with any member of my family. It's just, I feel like uh, I expect in, you know, individuals to have things that they will never agree with me you know, uh, about. And that's totally normal. Like, you know, like, and that's not a problem. That does not even get in the way of our relationship. It's like, you feel this way about this thing. And I feel this way about it. We can yell about it and just be fine. And I recognize that, you know, some people would, would take that the wrong way of having, you know, like, let's say we have an Enneagram argument that people take it as like a real problem, but it's, I don't take that personally. <laughs> it's like when you start to get personal, that's when I take it personally, but um, I find that that's interesting. In, that's interesting. Yeah. Because it's like beliefs, ideas, ideologies, uh, philosophies with, with attachment types you're taking that personally. Mm-hmm. So like, could so you could have like 
a political like argument with someone who's like on completely on the other spectrum and you wouldn't take it personally well, no no no, no. Would... i mean yeah i mean like let's say my parents are trump supporters and i have a problem with that but okay. you know for example let's talk about something a little bit more neutral like um I, one thing i notice that happens with the group and i, I had to realize that i was blindsided by how personally people were taking typings oh okay yeah you know because that's not political that's just this is just a personality system that was discovered and you know for all we know this is all made up stuff and we identified what your type is but people take it personally as some kind of statement on who they are and they they get really riled up about it as if they're going to change based on how we type them exactly and well, if my, they're an attachment type, they might. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so I just couldn't wrap my head around, like, you know, like you do a typing session. It's like, I always tell people, like, at the end of the day, you decide. You decide. No. At yeah. the end of the day, an attachment type does not decide. Yeah. But like, they have that's the decision what made for them. Right. Like, they're, they have to reconcile the, 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 the viewpoints that are at play. But for me, right, but for you, it's not, you know, like hexatypes can, uh, well, and I don't know if all hexatypes, but I just felt like, take this input, like this, this input, your input or your opinion of me may not have any bearing on me at all. I might, I will take mm-hmm. input from it without it feeling like it's, a, it's going to threaten my sense of self. You know, like if David says, Hey, I noticed that you do this, this, and this, and this, and I think you might be, this type and I was like oh that's interesting you have this point of view I'm going to consider it and I'm either going to take something from it or I'm going to completely reject it as bullshit you know I think I've said this on here before but this reminds me of I when I was first seeing my therapist and I was complaining about work and how like I got some criticism at work and I disagreed with it but like I was really upset because they misunderstood me and like blah 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 and she was like do you know that like someone can have that opinion of you and you don't have to agree with it. Huh? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yeah. <laughs> That's like been in the back of my head all the time. Like I have to, if someone says something about me, I have to be like, if you don't agree with it, it doesn't mean it's real. Like it just because they said it, it doesn't mean it's real. Like I have to have that like pep talk with myself. And sometimes it still doesn't work. So this this just interesting for I me mean, as an as an eight, <laughs> just the implications on what this means about how people operate in mass. Because I'm sitting here thinking to myself, holy shit, if someone diabolical understands oh, yeah. this, that people operate <laughs> this fucked. way, you can literally yep. make anyone believe oh. anything. <laughs> we are fucked. Absolutely. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is like, well, it blows my mind. It literally well, blows me away. It's This is very uh, misogynist or whatever, but like Hitler said, the masses are a woman. And what he means is you, a guy can go fuck the masses and insert an ideology or, or a, whatever, a, a social whatever philosophy or whatever mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. inseminate it into the masses and swing the whole fucking nation into your camp yep yep, yep. oh hitler knew yeah yeah it's... and that's and we see how that went <laughs> yeah. just yeah. grand it actually yeah. happens yeah 
yeah, it's just, it's an incredible, uh, well, just understanding attachment is a huge um, step for me because, yeah, it's really hard to wrap my head around that, but it, it makes a lot of sense in terms of the, the many things about people that I haven't been able to understand because I'm projecting my own stuff onto the way people act. You know, even like an example, like Nancy, you talked about like me asking you to make a collage of people you're attracted to. I just assume everyone can do that because right. I can do that. I feel like it's like one of the easiest things I could do. I could get to very micro yeah. details. I'm like, I like this. I don't like this. You know, it I took like, me I'm... hours. <laughs> you only came up with like three or four people. I know. I like, and Wait. it took me hours. I was yeah. sitting at work and I was like, do I find this person? I don't know. <laughs> um, but, you know, just we are all doing that. Like we're all projecting our type stuff on other yep. people. And it's interesting to see how, um, you know, majority of people are have social and our attachment types and the sort of reactions that people have to this podcast or to the group that regardless of how people feel about things there, if they have social, they're going to assume that the things we're doing are coming from the place of doing social. Kind of wish Alexandra was still here. Cause I would love to hear her opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like a big part of individuating as an attachment type is coming to terms with how many things have happened in your life that you had a hand in that you didn't want Mm. so it feels really enraging because it feels like if people had just taken the time to be like are you sure Mm -hmm. the shit that I didn't want to have happen wouldn't have happened in my life but I feel like they didn't take the time. So coming to terms with that anger and like you had a hand in your own trauma is and like that's part of what I mean awful with, shit. And that's part of what I mean with the chip on your shoulder when you're right. an attachment type. And that's why, you know, sixes and nines get so especially get so agitated, you know, around the whole typing process and so forth, as if they're being taken or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, I mean, you know, we, at least for someone who's somewhat awake, we don't want that to happen again. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't want to have a hand in more trauma of mine. So, like, you know, don't tell me anything because yeah. now I'm overcorrecting. Yeah. 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 We had that issue because initially we were doing it for free because we enjoyed doing it. And people started just, you know, projecting all kinds of stuff, you know, just in stuff that they, freely requested mm-hmm. and i just couldn't wrap my head around what was happening it's like you're asking us to type you and then you're going off about what we told you like we did something to you we're literally strangers on the internet that you asked for an opinion from you trusted our expertise for some reason and we gave it to you and now it's our fault and so it's like yeah. okay let's create a wall here where um one you gotta you gotta pay for this because that means you're probably gonna think about it a little bit longer uh mm-hmm. but even still we still run into things where people feel some type of way. It's like you, you invested in this service and you still come away feeling that we did something to you when you requested for it, you paid for it. It's just like, I'm just some guy on it. I mean, of course this is like me deleting social. Like I'm just some guy on the internet <laughs> that you're listening to that you can completely discard, dis- disregard. But at the same time, like there is like uh, some authority projected on me because I have, expertise we've created this group and this whole thing and that's on one hand like respecting that authority but also feeling like i'm getting pulled into this but i also have to push against this in some other way um 
So just seeing that dichotomy, it's like, I haven't been able to understand it, but now I think I'm starting to get it. It's kind of like having a difficult time locating yourself, um, whether you're in or out. So you have to kind of straddle that line of contradicting yourself, whether you're in or out. You can't make up your mind whether you're into this thing or not. So yeah. you start doing some contradictory shit. <laughs> yeah. And I think um, a lot of the shit that you hear of like people getting frustrated with like, oh, well, these people need safe spaces and they're so soft and like blah, blah, blah. They're talking about attachment types, trying to figure out who the fuck they are and mm. what the fuck is going on yep. because we want a yep. safe space where you aren't going to talk to us. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and influence us. Yeah. No, no influencing. Safe space. Safe space. And that's why I feel like so much of the generation is like this because there are so many attachment types. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That just I'm just being you know turning this over in my mind um, as to sort of the reactions we have people that seemingly being pulled into our stuff who on one hand seem really into it, but on the other hand are just talking mad shit or feeling you know like yeah, it's like Mason Scott. (laughs) All right. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's just a perfect example of it. What what a perfect example! Yeah, we That's were exactly invited. What happened? We were invited to a party. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and they got mad at us. Yeah, and they felt. And it, I totally get it. That's why when Mace said that, I was like, I feel that. Like, I get it, but it pisses me off. But I get it. Mm-hmm. You lose your autonomy. We're referring to the No Small Thing podcast. <laughs> no Small Thing podcast. <laughs> Uh, perfect example but i mean that's that was a great example and, and this is something that always uh blindsides me and it's something that i'm trying to learn because i keep having to um getting shocked by the idea that someone would pull out the red carpet for us and say you guys are great you we really like your stuff and you know deal with us and then on the backside still be passive aggressively har- harboring like really negative feelings about what we're up to and it's like hey make up your mind like i'm fine if you hate me i'm actually very comfortable with (laughs) i prefer it honestly (laughs) i expect it what i'm uncomfortable with is when people are like truly undecided like yeah really actually into what we're doing but at the same time like not (laughs) and i mean like that is i don't want to create a hierarchy of emotional awareness but that is that is some like shit when that is some shit that you're able to point to and be like you are completely emotionally unaware in this one instance you have no idea that you are feeling like you don't have autonomy but that's not accurate and it's like I I wish someone had been able to point that out for me when I was younger is like well what's happening here (laughs) is that you feel like you don't have autonomy but you actually have autonomy and here's how we deal with this feeling like Mm -hmm. learning that would have been just so useful for young nancy so so here's my question because even as i recognize that people are doing this my instinct is to try to still put them on one side or the other because it seems like to me from my Mm -hmm. perspective is that you're having a hard time deciding or recognizing that you are actually on one side or the other. Right. And therefore it must be the negative side. Well, yeah, I always assume that this is probably the negative side, but they were, but now I'm understanding is that the problem is that they don't know what side they're on. And the fact that they started out on one side means that they have to push to the other side and vice versa. Like, like being on both sides is the thing. 
Am I right? Yeah. Don't quite. I. I mean, I don't quite know. I guess. <laughs> you know, like I'm saying, like okay, so these people <laughs> having these these like can't make up their mind if they love us or hate us. I'm assuming they hate us, but they have to be passive aggressive about it. But now I'm starting to understand is that they don't know themselves. Yes. Yeah. They yeah. don't know the degree of their agreement and, and disagreement. Right. And there's no like, uh, it's really hard to say, I agree with this, but I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. Right. So it'd be really hard to be like, I like that you guys say this on the podcast, but I don't really like that you have a person on there that used to be um, a sex worker or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. it would be really hard to delineate. Mm. what you do and don't like you just know that sometimes you do and sometimes you don't because mm. again it's about family in a in an abstract way right so if you're rejecting one thing absolutely about somebody then that person might not you know well you're just shutting off the possibility of family in a certain right. way does that make right. sense yeah. so you kind of have to be vague about what it is that you're rejecting and accepting Yes. Yeah. So that you can kind of keep the connection going. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's complicated. <laughs> no, no, this is really good stuff because I've I've been just no. like, I mean, just like awakening to what attachment means and how it operates and uh wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Uh one thing uh, that I did want to say that I feel like you've mentioned about you thinking it it's weird that attachment types thinks that think the hexad types are cool mm-hmm. um is it's so exhausting never knowing where you are trying mm. to locate yourself that it is really cool to just have a location mm. so yeah. just an that's, FYI that's what's going on yeah and that's why specifically that four five eight trifix is the the biggest mistype mm-hmm. with attachment types because that's we want that, that. <laughs> that's the most that's sort of the most against in every single center that's the most against you can be mm-hmm. is to be a five a four and an eight mm-hmm. and god it would be nice to be that specific so it gives it gives unspecific people that typing gives unspecific people something to be specific about mm. One thing is just generically the condition of having an ego, you know, the ideal for any ego uh, or one of the ideals would be just solipsistic, you know, I don't need anyone and I genuinely don't need anyone and I'm perfectly self-sufficient and uninfluenced Mm -hmm. by anyone and I have just absolute um sacrosanct autonomy that's that's not the dream be that's the dream of that's the dream re- yeah and so that's what that trifix for example or those types as individual types or whatever uh represent unconsciously to people and i mean it's not accurate but that is what they represent. right right well i guess that's what you know uh, i think somebody said in the group that uh it's nice when we have an attachment type on or to, to really kind of explain, even if they're saying the same thing that we're saying, that people kind of connect to it because on some level, hexat types trigger attachment types. Yeah, we hate y'all. <laughs> and also love you. <laughs> Just like having, yeah, that's that was a profound kind of statement. Uh, yeah, 
just uh, I guess you know provocative attachment types are provoking people on, on, in a different way than the hexat types are. Yeah. Yeah. So Nancy, you're saying you don't know quite how much you want to align or unalign <laughs> with us. <laughs> with us. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She's still on the fence. <laughs> I'm gonna be on the fence till the day that I die. Mm. <laughs> well, it's it's it is interesting to kind of kind of wrap my head around that because it's it's sort of like the six thing where the you the six is always kind of straddling contradiction always and to mm-hmm. see that that's inherent to the attachment type thing where it's like I'm not really all the way into anything I'm I'm trying to figure it out myself like you know where am I and if I push into this direction or if I absorb too far into this direction there's going to be this uh, counter reaction to push into the other way because I don't mm-hmm. know and that's just a really uh, interesting framework for me to try to wrap my head around. That's like really fucking not something that I have any <laughs> experience or like I didn't grow up in a family with people, you know, like I just seeing that that's kind of how the zeitgeist operates is like really fucking interesting. Mm-hmm. This is why we have a hard time getting anything done. Mm-hmm. like as a as a world why yes. we aren't green yet exactly. why we don't have full globalization this is why we struggle with everything because we're like Meh. yep we just need some fucking hexad types but not trump <laughs> or Biden, <laughs> or hitler just, just none of the above yeah. maybe maybe a nice bernie would be great but, but then but then there's always two there's always these binary things with, you know, the conservative, liberal, Republican, Democrat. And as long as there are big chunks like that, then it's, it's never gonna, it's never, we're never going to go anywhere. We're just, (laughs) I mean, we're doomed really, but yeah. Hey, it is what it is. Hopefully we'll die before it ends. Yeah. This is an interesting lens to continue to explore other aspects of life because this is generally the human orientation because it's yep. the most humans. And so trying to understand politics, you know, starts to make a lot more sense from the attachment perspective or, you know, understanding romance and how people deal with romance. Just it helps to understand that, like, this is what the attachment style is because that's generally what you're going to run into. Um, and it's been interesting to me that my longest relationships had been, up until now, had been with uh, hexat types. Like, I just struck out repeatedly with attachment types. I didn't understand what the fuck I was doing <laughs> or what I was dealing with. Um, but no, this has just been really interesting. I think it's just going to be an ongoing thing, just uncovering what attachment means in, in different layers of life. Cool. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Some meaty stuff there. Yeah. Because yeah. I think four, I feel four people is like the max. Yeah, it is. And three people is comfortable. It's easier to like get a word in. in. Yeah, yeah. You know, especially without John. <laughs> you, should, you should leave that in, by the way. Yes. <laughs> so much easier to talk when there isn't a yeah. freak on the pod. Can you fucking, like, we've had six people on the pod before. Uh, that, I never enjoyed that. It's, it's a I lot mean, of- aside from the fact that I didn't have to talk. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah good stuff yeah it was good yeah all right well talk to you soon all right talk to you guys later okay bye bye